Hello and welcome to another episode of Never On Site. Hi, this is Joseph and joining me as usual is Mayur Chopadekar. Hi Mayur, what an amazing week of football we have had. Some surprising results, some dominating displays and for Tuchel, Klopp and Pep Guardiola, some unsurprising nightmares that they have to resolve in the next week. And for Bayern and PSG, utter dominance. So let's start our podcast by reviewing the happenings from Game Week 3. So Premier League Game Week 3 had a lot of interesting results. Uh, Spurs won against Wolves with a lone goal from Harry Kane. It was his 185th um, career goal for Tottenham uh, in the Premier League. So, uh, this is the single highest um, goals scored by a player for a single club in the Premier League. So, he is well and truly in to break all the goal-scoring records in Premier League. And um, I think this was a a cross from Perisic, uh, which uh, Harry Kane met with his head. And uh, that helped uh, Tottenham win against Wolves. Another interesting match was the Crystal Palace Aston Villa match, in which Crystal Palace scored uh, three goals. And um, Saha is well and truly back in business. Uh, he has looked very good in this season. Last season, he was a bit disinterested um, and he wanted to leave in, in the uh, seasons before. But this time, he has come up with the goods and he has scored uh, 63 goals, I think, which is the second highest in the Premier League by an Ivorian. Uh, first being, of course, the legend uh, Didier Drogba. Uh, the uh, Bournemouth-Arsenal match was, uh, you know, over uh, overshadowed by the performance from um, uh, Arsenal and from also the dismal performance by Bournemouth who, you know, struggled to create anything and gave Arsenal too much space to attack. And Arsenal uh, did a fantastic job of, you know, exploiting that. And um, Gabriel Jesus, um, Odegaard, you know, ran the show. And uh, as usual, Arsenal is uh, looking very good. And uh, they are one of the top contenders for uh, top four and even uh, a third position. Right? Did you watch this match? Yes. So, just to add up on the first game, Spurs and Wolves, uh, an interesting fact which I read about is you mentioned they scored from a corner. So, they yeah. have hired a uh, spe- uh, set-piece specialist and oh. there is a stat which says they scored three goals from 23 corners attempted. The last time they took, uh, like, uh, last time they scored three or more goals from uh, corners attempted, they had to attempt 193 corners to score oh. three plus goals like they scored four goals from 193 corners before the coach came in so it was an interesting fact which i read and i definitely see a lot of premier league clubs going towards that side even arsenal has a, a set piece personal coach and yes. also personal coach personal who coach, has yes here. yes so coming back to the arsenal game i definitely saw that game i had three fpl players from that team so very interested and last time around, we saw uh, City running rights against Bournemouth. So again, it was ten like it was supposed to be an exciting game, and it delivered. Talking about uh, uh, Arsenal, in the first half, they have been usually dominating the game. They have keep like they uh, they are keeping the control. 
they are uh, scoring for fun uh, in the first half and playing like city if we compared both teams but the only difference comes here is in the second half they have been struggling a lot so there was another stat which i read uh, the first half uh, possession statistics were 75% 60% and 63% for arsenal in the first three games but if you compared it to second half it's merely up to 30% 44% and 45% so you can see there is a significant drop in the possession as well and the performance as well so these are the indicators which suggest city uh, arsenal are trying to play like city dominate games but the difference clearly in players and uh, as a team uh, as of now which we can see is city can dominate the game for whole 90 minutes whereas arsenal is just trying to do it but are not capable of doing it and we can see in the first 45 minutes uh, there was a dominance but in the second 45 minutes they uh, the dominance quite fell so first of all let's start with city so as we saw in the first game week uh, where city played against west ham everyone praised uh, guardiola for playing his 2 3 5 kind of a formation where he bought both walker and cancelo in the center and tried to open up spaces and uh, coaches like pep always prefer to pack the center and give free space on the wings so this is what eddie howe exactly thought what he would target and we saw he pushed up jolinton against walker in the center circle uh, pep again played a 2 3 5 where walker rodri and cancelo formed the three in between but what this enables you is your better passers like de bruyne gundogan silva to go up top like they are the best passers in your team so they are pushed up top to keep the width and uh, run in between the lines but that enables like uh, the major ball players are ahead so there is not a good quality of ball playing in the center so again uh, we saw eddie how targeted that pushed up jolinton wilson towards stones walker they tried to attack the left hand side exactly outside of walker alex and maximin who was on fire had three assist if i'm right so he took that wing and he just uh, a challenge uh, like invited city players you come tackle me i will go past you and he kept he, he kept on uh, uh, going past uh, city players just like they're playing on streets or something some kind yeah. of that so it was very good to see maybe it is a road map for uh, other teams to follow to stop city where they like to give spaces but the unfortunate part is not every team has a player like saint maximin so exactly. again this is something very exciting which eddie howe has presented and in future we'll definitely see how other managers uh, build on this technique which eddie howe has basically brought into the premier league as for now yes so um, in this side i think um, there was a lot of pace uh, this is the first time i'm seeing walker struggling for pace so just to give you a context of what happened in the match because uh, some of you might not have watched the match uh, so basically uh, city started um, emphatically with um, gundogan scoring a goal from a cross um, and uh, at that point we thought um, city was going to run away with it but uh, we could see in transitions that um, um, newcastle were causing problems for city and uh, unlike city there were a lot of uh, transitions uh, happening uh, and uh, they lost the ball and uh, what what was so uh, you know um, what was very template 
from uh, Newcastle is that they were not afraid to run with the ball, to carry the ball, no matter who it was. They they took on their, uh, you know, defenders. And uh, Bilok, I saw, was running um, at Walker at full place and uh, Walker couldn't cope with it. Uh, so, so, it was a, a very uh, fun watch to uh, match to watch at that point. And then um, Newcastle equalized. Um, and uh, I think it was Almeron. Was it Almeron that equalized, I guess? Yes. Yes. If I remember, yes, yes. Uh, if I remember right, it was Almeron from a cross by... From a uh, chest or something he scored by, uh, which was deemed uh, to be offside. I think from his uh, thighs. Yes. Yeah, so, it was a funny goal that uh, <laughs> went in. Uh, yeah. So, it was Almeron in the 28th minute. And then it was uh, closely followed by a Wilson goal, uh, uh, which was also assisted by Maxima. Uh, and that time, uh, uh, City were, you know, struggling and they couldn't uh, cope with uh, Newcastle. And then in the second half, uh, blinded by Trippier. Um, so it was a free kick um, around 30 yards, I guess. Uh, and uh, Trippier just curled it into the uh, side netting. And um, it was a splendid goal, something which we were used to seeing Trippier doing at Spurs and for England. And um, it, he just rolled back the years and uh, it was such a beautiful goal to watch. And even the commentator was saying this is uh, the sort of range in which Trippier would back himself to score. And uh, uh, he did exactly that. And at, the, at that point, we thought City would be out of, out of it because it was a 3-1... The score was 3-1 by then, but City being City uh, pulled uh, it back with a Hallen goal and uh, and the equalizer was from uh, De Bruyne pass to Bernardo Silva who tucked it in. Um, that uh, assist from De Bruyne was a thing of beauty, uh, which uh, I don't think too many midfielders uh, can spot it. I'm sure it's, um, Chelsea would want a the midfielder like that because that uh, pass went through um, a cover, I think Willocks some defenders legs and um, into the path of um, Silva yeah so so that was the uh, gist of what happened and uh, um, yeah so at the end City came out were lucky to come out with a point right yes definitely uh, Newcastle definitely showed even though City are the champions, they wouldn't uh, fall for them. And they showed the character and came out. And they will be happy with their performance against the yeah. champions. Right? Yeah. So, let's move on to now the other game, which was Chelsea. Yeah. Yeah. So, again, to give a gist about it, as uh, Hose mentioned in the start, uh, Leeds uh, pressed high up. They had a mid and high block pressing. So basically, uh, Chelsea don't have many players at their disposal as of now, especially in the midfield area. We saw Jorginho and Gallagher being played as the maybe a DMs uh, or CDMs. But what we saw of Gallagher in Palace, it was he played as a box-to-box midfielder where he had the freedom to take the ball ahead uh, with on his feet. Yesterday, we saw there was nothing like that uh, and he had to pass it. Again, there were no such passing lanes which were open to him. So, we yep. saw him completely struggle in the first half. 
again uh, as host mentioned there was a luck uh, moment of luck as well mendy trying to uh, uh, be a smart person and try to <laughs> skip his marker and failed it miserably and then it was a 0.9 and xg goal uh, <laughs> chance as we say so it was the tilting point in the game which gave leeds the confidence to still press high up and go on chelsea as they found out chelsea weren't able to pass from behind and that is why as we mentioned there is a midfielder like kevin de bruyne they would definitely want to invest in who can uh, just make those passes from deep and can uh, help their attackers to go into spaces yep so uh, even chelsea we had discussed in the first match after their 1-0 win uh, in the opening match uh, so uh, even in that match i had mentioned that uh, all the spotlight went to uh, united because of their uh, defeat 2-0 defeat with uh, brighton right but uh, chelsea really struggled against everton that day and i told in that podcast that well, you know the chelsea um, are having a lot of problems even uh, in midfield and in uh, attack as well because um, the likes of havertz and sterling are not um, good finishers and uh, from midfield they don't have anyone good enough to spray balls um, every time and whenever they get the ball they can't afford to uh, not score because of the <clears throat> lack of quality up front so they have lost someone like lukaku which tuchel was trying to build a team around around whom uh, tuchel was trying to build a turn uh, build a team around but uh, so they haven't gone and got a like to like replacement for him sterling is by no means uh, you know a replacement for uh, someone like a uh, number 9 like lukaku so that is also some place they have to you know uh, reinforce especially oba uh, basa rasing for 30 plus i think uh, 30 got, the total value should be 30 30 million they have been offered up to 22 million yeah so so uh, it, it will be interesting uh, if they can uh, you know pull it off because they definitely need someone but uh, oba again um is he the right kind of player that chelsea wants or are they just adding him because they need one more uh, person up front yeah, okay. and midfield to usually uh, mount and uh, and uh, mount is usually creative but i haven't seen him much in the matches so this is something uh, definitely a nightmare which tuchel will have and uh, he definitely has to sort it out soon because the chelsea owners even if it was the old owners or the new owners i'm sure um, they will be impatient because they have a, they they want to invest heavily they will invest heavily uh, and they have invested heavily so let's see what happens yes so as i mentioned on the slide as we can see so i read an article somewhere that said tushel was the most uh, man- like manager who gave the most excuses uh, in the <laughs> not club not club actually it was oh. tushel so to add to his collection one more excuse which he gave <laughs> so apparently chelsea team flew on the plane but the training staff wasn't able to do that and they had to go through the bus uh, so this was a excuse 
I don't know how much it affected the actual game because we saw they couldn't pass through back and uh, they were in a uh, very dark place where they couldn't, they weren't even able to pass their own, like find their own players and everything. But I don't know how this uh, excuse made any sense to what mm-hmm. they actually performed on the field. So I hope Tuchel can give at least some valid excuses, uh, which we can understand. But apart from that, it was a very uh, bad performance on Chelsea's part. So hopefully they can uh, figure it out. And in the next seven days, they have uh, uh, targeted some players like Oba, Fofana, and maybe a midfielder, even Frankie De Jong, who knows. But they are trying to get him uh, players who Tuchel wants. And hopefully he gets a good team. So uh, it will make the Premier League interesting. That's the whole thing. One thing we have missed is the Kolobili, Kolobili uh, red card. Yes. Yeah. And um, and I think he was troubled by Aronson, right? Um, yes. His name yes. was Aronson. Yeah. Aronson, yes, yes. But it was a very he, stupid yellow card. It was a very stupid second yellow card. I don't know what yeah. he wanted to do that. Uh, at that point, when you... I guess he forgot he had a yellow card already. And he made that stupid... Grab, I guess he tried. To yeah, grab yeah, yeah, he grabbed so it the was, neck. Yes, it was very stupid when you are losing a game two 0 already, and then you go on and make a stupid tackle then uh, to eventually miss yourself one more game in the next week. So it was actually very. I didn't understand it at all why he did that. Yeah, yeah, something we'll uh, see him improving. I'm sure because he went into a lot of unwanted tackles and went out of position. Uh, a couple of times uh, and when there are tricky players uh, like Aronson, like San Maxima, like uh, someone like a Neto, Colobelli uh, uh, has to realize that he doesn't have to win every, he, he doesn't have to go into every tackle. Something uh, we'll have to discuss about um, Van Dijk also in the coming slide, I'm sure. Let's yeah. move on there. Yeah. Yeah. So, moving on your favorite part after some months <laughs> of distress, you finally some, were able to yes. this. There was some light at the end of the tunnel, and um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, it came at the right uh, point of time. And I was a person who criticized um, a lot of uh, players, and um, I last in the last broadcast I said like it's uh, now time to stop blaming and. Uh, start performing on the pitch because we have enough good players to be winning football matches, especially against Brentford and Brighton. And uh, so this was a team reborn, um, especially players like Dalit. I have never seen him defend so well. And, you know, um, arguably Diaz is the best player at uh, Liverpool right now, in terms of form, at least. Um, uh, And to keep him quiet for the whole match. Dalot did uh, an amazing job. So did um, Martinez, who was also criticized for the uh, Brentford defeat and was taken off at halftime. So, um, and also uh, players like um, uh, Fernandez, who was given the armband, he he took the game by the scruff of the neck and, and you know performed even from the first minute. I have not seen him run so hard <laughs> in this season. And um, Rashford, Elanga, Sancho, they all <clears throat> you know work for the team. This is what we miss if we have someone like a Ronaldo on the side. 
because the pressing is not uh, so what united did was um so for those of you who didn't uh, watch the match it was a 2-1 win for um, united it was 2-0 uh, initially uh, sanjo scoring a, a brilliant goal followed by a counter attacking goal by uh, rashford and um, so what united did was they played a 4-2 uh, almost 3-1 uh, and while pressing they played a 4 Uh, almost a uh, four in uh, pressing, like four to four almost. So basically, Elanga, Rashford, uh, Fernandez, and Sancho are pressing uh, the uh, Liverpool backline, and uh, they struggle to you know will play from there. And what Eric um, Hag had uh, given instruction to uh, the uh, wide players, especially Elanga and Sancho, and when Rashford. Played on the left side in the second in the second half, um, they pin the um, fullbacks. Uh, Alexander Arnold and Robertson are the biggest threats uh, for Liverpool, and uh, um, these wingers successfully pin them back. They um, press from the front. They defended when required, and it was a unit, uh, a coherent unit uh, performance. And I was really proud of the team. Uh, when Elanga hit the post, I thought it was one of those days when United started well and they couldn't uh, finish, and and uh, I thought that, and Liverpool would come into the game, but uh, United did well. This was a classic Oligonar Solskjaer uh, performance, I would say. It's not an Eric Ten Hag or a, you know uh, philosophy, because uh, this is what we have seen. Um, uh, all they do with uh, uh, United, and we had uh, found success at that uh, against uh, big teams. I remember us defeating almost all the top four teams, uh, playing in the later part of the 2020 season. Yes. Yeah, 2020 season. Even in the PSG game in Champions League, also we deployed something like this. And yeah, so what was striking <clears throat> difference from the last two games was this. Because uh, De Gea did not play out from the back, as you can see from the uh, passing map. Um, this is the uh, what is shown here is De Gea's passes out uh, to the attack when he gets the ball, either from a back pass or from a goal kick. Uh, he uh, targeted the left side of Liverpool, where uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold was stationed. Um, they uh, did not go uh, centrally. Uh, because Van Dijk was there, and yeah, so that was the game plan. And uh, De Gea did not play many short passes because Liverpool are very good in pressing. So it was a um, it was a very uh, emphatic win, I would say. Even though the score was two one, um, Liverpool did not come into the game uh, till the latter part of the uh, game. So a uh, first win, which was uh, you know. Which will boost the confidence of all the United players, and if I'm making a bold prediction here, that if Martial stays fit for the full season and he plays, and if Eric Tenner plays him uh, ahead of uh, Ronaldo in most of the matches, I would see United getting into the top four or five. I would say. Because I I never thought United would go into the top six, but um, judging from the preseason, 
Marshall was a very key factor in that team. The way he holds up play and also the way he connects with uh, Rashford and Sancho. So that was what I wanted to watch after the preseason. And uh, um, Marshall getting injured didn't help. So that is why Ronaldo came in in the in the games in the first two games, or else Marshall would have started for sure. And this is what I feel if Marshall, uh, Rashford, and Sancho start. Uh, United have a good chance of coming in the top five at least. Yes. What's your so, take? Yes. So, to conclude everything, as you mentioned, uh, in the post-game, Eric Ten Hag also mentioned that we missed our best player in first two games, which clearly shows that how much he trusts Martial. And I definitely see him starting over Ronaldo in the ninth position because I feel he gives much more as we had discussed already and we know. And Ronaldo might be out on his way. Let's see what happens there. But I definitely see Martial at least starting the next two, three games unless there is rotation and Europe comes in into the play. So, yeah. And to talk about the uh, game plan, as you mentioned correctly, both the wing-backs, Trent and Robbo, were pinned back. And that is their main outlet where they provide the width. So, basically, there was no width for uh, Diaz and Salah to do anything. And Firmino dropped so deep. He almost played as a double pivot sometimes. So, mm-hmm. they were very they were very stuck in the between. So, there was no way out. Generally, the outlet is uh, maybe a Robertson or a Trent on the right-hand side. But they were not present at that. So, there was a very good game plan, which I appreciate Eric Tenard to see after those two losses. He gave up his plan uh, for the game, at least uh, to play out from the back. Because he knew Liverpool's strength was to press high up. He gave up his plan. He targeted the area on the Trent side. Because we know there was no Fabinho. So, Henderson is the usual one who covers for Trent when Trent goes out. So, we know there was a lot of space. The spacing between all the four um, defenders, there was a lot of space which Elanga, Sancho and Rashford used it very beautifully. I was very impressed with the way they used the space left between Gomez uh, and uh, Trent. So, that was the main outlet as we saw through the map as well, uh, the passing map. So, that was the whole game plan. And again, as you mentioned, 2-1 isn't a scoreline which justifies the way United played for almost 80 minutes. Because uh, the game could have been easily a draw. There were two goal line clearances uh, from United. So, it it would have been an easy draw uh, maybe if uh, things on other day went the other way. So, it would have I been would... a 4-1 or a 2-2 or a 1-1 draw. Yes, yes. That is what yes. would have happened. Yeah. Yes, but I definitely think uh, United deserved the win and I am very excited to see Tenag uh, be adaptable at such a level and this is definitely a morale-boosting game and I hope they can now go on to their actual game plan which Eric Tenag wants to play from the back and try to get this momentum into uh, the next games which they play. Yeah, so uh, I hope United fans don't get carried away with this win because... Um, Looking at the uh, Liverpool squad uh, pre-match uh, when the lineup was announced, I thought this was a very below-average team with Milner, Elliot, Henderson playing in midfield. Uh, so uh, Fabinho, I thought should have started. Club would have started him if he was fit. But um, uh, Liverpool also have some glaring issues in midfield uh, when Thiago, Fabinho, um, Keita are out. Um, 
so this is something klopp has to solve in order for uh, the premier league to have a title race because or else city have the depth and the uh, playing swagger and the quality to win matches consistently and I, I know arsenal and spurs look good but um, throughout an entire season uh, city would run away with it if um, liverpool don't sort this out so in midfield um, they really need um, uh, some additions and i'm sure klopp realizes that and um, he will address it i'm sure so there were some rumors about liverpool maybe going for paredes from the psg player who is actually a good addition if it comes through the source wasn't very reliable but let's see how that build up but it is a very good addition to their current midfield players which they have in case the primary players get injured so looking forward to that as well it will be an exciting transfer window end to the transfer window united is also set to um, uh, sign uh, some players um, they are uh, looking for uh, anthony from uh, ajax and um, gapco gap gapit gapco Uh, from PSV, um, so those two transfers look very likely to happen, and uh, I'm sure United needs that sort of addition as well. With Casemiro, is uh, going to slot right in, um, and I, I'm not. I'm sure that Casemiro is not the perfect player that Eric Ten Hag wanted, but uh, he wanted a player uh, who could play. uh and progress uh the uh, ball uh but uh, casemiro is a opposite player who oh, yes exactly yeah. opposite but, but it's a short term solution but, yeah exactly so so that is something uh ertan has to work out how he can uh, you know work Use his it. philosophy with that kind of a player but um, he is a world class player who has won everything and i'm sure eric ten hag can find a, a solution to include him and make the team better because once a player like that comes in instead of fred or mctominay um, that itself will free up a lot of space and uh, uh, players like um, fernandes and eriksen can um, do well yep so moving forward we have a la liga review yeah mayur you can take yeah so it was an interesting week uh, uh, for the top 3 teams in la liga madrid again coming out uh, strong scoring four goals and uh, it was a very interesting game after casemiro left obviously shuameni who played in his place had a brilliant game initially they were uh, struggling a bit to find the uh, movement between modric uh, shuameni and uh, kamavinga but eventually after the first 30 minutes they uh, gelled quite well and you could see chuamini's quality uh, to play in that role of cdm i'm not sure how will he do after playing 40 games season in that cdm role still not sure maybe madrid might be looking for a replacement like a substitute player or some kind of a player to fill in it but chuamini definitely after that 100 million bid and the pressure on him he definitely showed why is worth the money and worth the hype so it was a good game for madrid fans will be happy after the uh, performance from their team coming on to the atletico madrid vrl game vrl were very good last mm-hmm. pod we talked about how atletico madrid played a good game 
they created everything to the center and this time around Villarreal again uh, had a compact defense line and midfield they sat in compact didn't allow single uh, pass to uh, Felix who was the main uh, architect last time around and they completely trapped Atletico Madrid in the center and scored their goals so Villarreal again showing the class which they generally show in in such big games and they are some kind of a giant killer to see and then moving on to the Barca game uh, it was again to sum it up uh, I am not happy with Xavi uh, as per the tactics he used uh, clearly the scoreline doesn't suggest it but we were struggling in the first half uh, and it was sheer individual quality which made us score those four goals not happy with Xavi but I hope Again, he uh, like understands his mistake and builds on it. Uh, there were there are quite a few uh, gaps in the team. Definitely, Frankie De Jong, who had a very good game last time around, was given the starting role in a CDM uh, position, which he favors. Uh, but had a bad game, lost the ball uh, that led to the goal, which Sociedad scored. So there are quite a few uh, improvements which Javi has to do on a tactical side as well to meet. Uh, needs of players uh, and to fulfill their maximum potential but uh, just to sum it up Lewandowski had a good game and Ansu Fati who has a habit of coming on from the bench and scoring he's a really a good player to watch out for if he gets consistent time how did uh, Frankie Dion play Frankie Dion was poor after his first after his last game where he played as a high interior eight he had a very good game in the match day one so I thought Zavi might be impressed and he gave him the start since we didn't have Busquets also. Busquets was red carded. So he had his uh, six role. Uh, he had uh, three at the back, which helps a CDM six role. But still, he lost quite a few times, lost the ball quite a few times. Pedri had the, to goal was, the goal his, was through his mistake, I think. Yes, through his mistake. Pedri had to drop uh, uh, with him to form a double pivot to often give him the outlet to pass the ball and to run. So it was a bad performance or maybe I'll take it as one-off performance from Frankie and hopefully he can improve from the next okay. round. Moving on to the uh, Bundesliga review. Uh, here, uh, Bayern has scored uh, seven goals past Bochum uh, and uh, Bayern has scored 15 goals in the first three games. I think it was 2-0, 6-1 and 7-0. Uh, so, that is emphatic to say the least and if you check out the scores in the other matches uh, other than some upsets like Leverkusen losing 0-3 to Hoffenheim uh, all the games are tight 1-0-2-3 0-0-1-2 0-1-2-1 1-1 and look at Bayern's 7-0 uh, <laughs> win and I think three there were three or four scorers like last two games like uh, the uh, scorers keep on changing and um, like they have um, I think Delit scored, Mane scored a brace, um, Ganabri scored, Pumen um, uh, scored um, yeah and Sane scored five scorers in the match yep and um, another uh, surprising there are two surprising uh, things that happened um, and this game Borussia Dortmund versus Bremen if you haven't watched this match you have to watch this match this is the first time um, like a, uh, a team has come from 2-0 uh, uh, down to win a match 3-2 after the 89th minute, if I'm not wrong. So, 
it was a cracking match in which um, Dortmund took the lead 2-0 and then Bremen came back uh, and scored the winner in the 95th minute. So uh, I would recommend uh, you guys going and watching this, uh, the highlight of this match. And Bayern Leverkusen has started off really poorly and I think they are at the bottom of the league right now. Um, um, they are struggling to score goals. They got a lot of chances um, in the first uh, two uh, in the matches, but um, they are not converting it. Wolfsburg and Schalke game was also a 0 0 uh, draw. Schalke uh, just got promoted and they are uh, finding ways to get one point uh, because last game also was a draw for them. Uh, Köln also were held to a 1-1 draw. Uh, they also started the league well and um, they were held to a draw by Frankfurt. Um, yeah, that is the round off from Bundesliga. We'll uh, keep an eye out for more Bayern um, <laughs> th- thumping other leagues, other uh, teams. Yep. So next we have um, yes. League One. one. Yeah. So similar story here as well. Paris Saint-Germain scoring seven goals against not a promoted team, but a team who has the who has won the league in recent years. So they can't be taken lightly. But you can see the difference. Scoring seven goals is a joke, as you mentioned for Bayern as well. Uh, they will really be tested after the CL matches start, which is in the next two weeks. So there we can actually see what is the level of both these teams if a good opponent comes in. To uh, round of League One, uh, Paris Saint Germain, Mbappe scored in within eight seconds. So I guess yeah, it was a league, record. Fastest, yeah, yeah. yeah it was joint fastest fastest goal in the past thirty years. So it was uh, eight seconds as well. And again, Neymar, Neymar is playing such good football. So all that uh, all that talk about Mbappe not uh, wanting to play with Neymar and Messi, Messi. Uh, so all was burnt down. Uh, we saw. How Mbappe tried to pass to Messi, Neymar a couple of times where he could have shot. Yes, Uh, he was given good passes from Neymar and Messi both. Uh, It's just a fun time to watch PSG play. Neymar and Messi are in full form and Mbappe is always there to just finish those opportunities. Neymar has assisted around 13 goals and assists in the three matches or four matches which uh, they have played this season. So that 13 goal and assist already. That's tally for a whole season for some players. So it's just he's on just a different level. So PSG is very fun to watch at the moment, and it will definitely will see how they perform in uh, once the CL matches start. Uh, other teams like uh, Lille and Nice uh, are one of those amongst the competitors who might cha- like challenge it for the top four. But here they lost the matches. Marseille. Uh, had a good game. They won 2-1. Uh, they had a red card as well. So, they scored two goals and then they had a red card. So, it was limited to 2-1, if I am correct. And uh, Or else, it would have been a more bigger uh, scoreline uh, for them. And Leon again, on form, started the weekend 4-1, scoring 4-1. So, again, no uh, major surprises apart from Monaco losing. So, Monaco is falling a bit off from the days when they had Mbappe... Uh, and some amount of good players. So, since they have been selling, they have not been back into the whole groove which they were known for. 
So let's see how this league builds up again. And uh, as usual, can anyone challenge PSG? That's the uh, question which we'll be looking to answer over the future weeks. Yep. So this is Syria. A. Uh, here, um, surprising results were Juventus being held uh, to a draw, and Atlanta Milan also the match ended in a draw. Um, Inter Milan and Roma have started well, and Roma classic Jose Mourinho performance as a one-zero win. Um, so we'll uh, see a lot more of this from Roma, I'm sure. And Inter Milan have started uh, really uh, strong. So nothing notable in Serie A, um, but we'll keep an eye for the next uh, next match weeks as well uh, if something comes up. Yes, but it will be a good watch. Serie A is definitely very competitive this yeah. season yeah. For, and past season as well. So definitely a league if you are not watching to tune in to, to watch some games. So let's now move on <laughs> up on to our FPL match, uh, FPL game week. So yes, Hose has outscored me this week. Yeah, so does it feel host? <laughs> it feels uh, it coincides with the United performance as well. I, I didn't really notice this. Uh, like uh, I was sure Perisic. I started Perisic uh, this time, and uh, Sanjo. I had Sanjo for the first three weeks, and like finally it has paid off. Um, now I'm wondering uh, if I should um, remove cash and also. Robertson and Alexander Arnold, but they have two uh, good home fixtures. So I'm hoping for them to turn it around. Uh, Ward is also a concern. If I I have enough money in the bank, so I can maybe upgrade um, Iverson to someone for 4.5 uh, or a five. Maybe Sanchez. Uh, maybe Sanchez is what I'm thinking. And cash to I have two free transfers as well. Cash can go down to a. a to a four or 4. a yeah. defender. Maybe uh, Arsenal yeah. defender since you don't have one. Yeah, that is what I'm thinking about right now. But uh, we'll have to see. Salah is he, he scored a goal, but I feel that he is not at his best. Uh, the system either doesn't suit him or uh, the players around him is not getting that love and affection. Maybe he misses Mane. But. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, that is also an issue. I am wondering in the future weeks, maybe after the next two home matches, if I can uh, shift Zala to someone like a De Bruyne. I'll have to see. Definitely, uh, if you are planning after two three weeks, it's a possibility. But now the next game is against Bournemouth, so definitely yeah. don't want to sell Salah. For my team, I will be saving the transfer. I don't see any imminent changes. Neto is the only problem as of now. But I think after the game week four, we'll have more data, and game week five will be a mid week. So again, uh, lots of rotations. So it gives me three free, like two free transfers and a minus four if I want to, and change a lot of players. Maybe downgrading Haaland or someone. So can use that money el- elsewhere. So definitely. Yeah, Pep so has come out with the statement that in the mid week matches, Haaland won't play all the matches. He'll uh, have uh, Alvarez start. And also a uh, uh, tricky situation here is uh, we have both gone for a five at the back, uh, and uh, most people have gone for a heavy back five. And do we change that um, to a back four um, or a back three? Is the uh, question that is being posted in most of the field community because none of the 
um, top uh, defenders have performed well. Other than this, uh, in this match, Perisic gave a 12-pointer. But in the last two game weeks, he didn't do anything and he came off the bench. So, yeah, that is the major concern which the FPL community is having right now. It's always a good template breaker when such thing happens. Uh, everyone yeah. was going for a backfire, so it's good template breaker. Now, maybe people will shift from Haaland because Pep has mentioned comments. And there are some unspoken comments from other managers who haven't outspoken, like who haven't spoken it, uh, that they will be uh, trans, uh, like they will be resting players. But it's definitely a possibility because from game week four onwards, they will have a midweek till every there will be a match every midweek till the World Cup, which is in November, 16th November. Uh, so it will be an interesting part in FPL to see how people now shift from the template, and it will be a time for those who are lacking back to catch up. To go for punts and catch the difference between. The, yeah. So for those of who are uh, watching and who have not joined our league, the league code is given uh, in the slide, and uh, we'll mention it in the description as well. You guys can join and play with us and see how you fare with Mayur. Uh, <laughs> so um, we are also planning to have a UCL um, preview podcast. Uh, Mostly we'll do it, uh, and also what else we have planned, Mayur? Again, uh, we have planned uh, the UCL uh, the reactions to the Champions League matches and Champions League fixtures, which will be announced. Uh, the uh, draw is in this week, probably on Thursday, if I'm not wrong, Thursday or Friday. So we'll be reacting on that as well. We have planned right live streams. Uh, that is live watch-alongs and then we are also planning to do a bit of fantasy content uh, whenever we are free because again that is a uh, thing which we do uh, quite uh, which we are involved in quite well so uh, these are the upcoming things which we uh, are planning on if you are listening us uh, on spotify or podcast do check our youtube channel we will be uploading some videos over there which will be youtube specific videos only so do uh, check out our YouTube channel and just to announce <laughs> if if it will be possible for us on 27th August, we'll try to do a live watch along because there are three good games, like three big teams playing at the same time. So if it is possible, we'll definitely put a stream uh, on our YouTube channel for those again who are watching, who are just listening on Spotify. Do check our YouTube channel. Everything, every link is mentioned in the yeah, details. You can, uh, you can subscribe and click on the notification button so that if we go live, then you will get a notification. Yep. Yes. yes. So, yes, that's it for this time. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.